Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the word. God bless you. Literally within moments of worship, God starts highlighting people. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, if I just leaned into this more, I could literally just spend all my time prophesying. Because I don't know, God just shows me things. It's incredible. And, and I am also humbled by that. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. But there's, um, let's see, I wrote them down so I wouldn't forget. So there's a woman here with curly hair. I wrote down curly hair. And God highlighted you during worship. And just to say, to, to tell you that your situation is about to change. Whatever situation you've been facing, battling, contending for, praying for, your situation is about to change in the name of Jesus. And hold on to that word. Hold on to that word and don't let go of what God's told you. God's promises are yes and amen. Hold on to that because you're going to see the situation change in Jesus' name. And I'm prophesying fast because I have to preach fast because I got to get to the desert. (laughs) Okay, there's a gentleman in black shirt and glasses here. Do I know you? Okay. I was hoping not because I was getting internal dialogue about prophesying over you because I was like, I think I know that man, but okay, we don't. We're good. Okay. So this is the word that God told me for you, that you are being presented with an incredible opportunity and not to waver or you're going to be in the near future, not to waver on whether or not to do it. The answer is yes not to back down out of fear or doubt or questioning God that the answer is yes. This incredible opportunity that comes to your plate, the answer is yes. Are you married? Okay. It's not that then. (laughs) Beautiful Liz. Can you stand actually? Stand. Because I want to highlight you in this moment. A lot of people know beautiful Liz. I purposely have you standing so everyone can see your beautiful face and let you know in front of this crowd that God has not forgotten you, your dreams, your desires, and that you have not been overlooked and that God knows the desires of your heart. God sees you and he, his promises will come to pass. He has not forgotten you. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. And then Tiger. Tiger. I was like, oh, Lord, I know that, man. I don't know if I want to prophesy, but I literally saw ceilings busting off of your life. Ceilings busting, that, that the floor that you are standing, your, your new floor is a ceiling that has bust, been busted over your life. And I saw ceilings in the financial area, mainly ceilings in your spiritual walk, ceilings in your giftings that God's called you to. Ceilings are broken. Ceilings have been broken, and it will be your new floor. And it doesn't just stop there. That, that will continue to happen as you press in and you're faithful to God. Amen? Amen. I want to honor the incredible Mr. and Mrs. Duth who are here tonight. So Pastor Samuel's parents are here. Not intimidated at all to be preaching in front of Pastor Samuel's parents. I just lied on stage. Okay. I was toying with the idea of doing a handstand competition with Pastor Samuel, Mr. Duth, and myself. 
but I don't think I dress appropriately for that. So that'll be coming out to you on another time when they're here visiting. Amen? Okay, here we go. Let's get this party started. So we're in the Vision Builder series. I love this. So once a year, we come around Vision Builders. And this is our 17th year doing Vision Builders. And I I want to bring um, my perspective, my revelation, my experience to you. This is a little bit a different type of message. Um, Yes, I have some points and some teaching and some scripture in there. But I really want to bring from my heart to you what Vision Builders has meant to me and done in my family and how God has worked through Vision Builders over the past 17 years. I can't believe it. That makes me feel old. Um, (laughs) But but with that, I want you to know that we do this every year. Yes, it's, it's big, magnificent, amazing, and we have a lot of celebrating soon, a lot of testimonies shown on the screen. And we're going to have on June 26th, that's a Sunday, we're going to have Vision Builder Sunday across all of our campuses. And everyone will be given the opportunity, the opportunity to sow into the kingdom of God. And our heart during this time is, yes, we are taking territory and building the kingdom, but first and foremost is to teach you and help you take territory, take ground, and build the kingdom of God in your own life. Because how many of you know that the church is made up of individual people with individual situations and individual souls and hearts and desires? And what makes our church so incredible and our pastor so incredible is that we we care about building the kingdom and advancing the kingdom and having churches filled with people, but we care about the individual. We, we always talk about, yes, getting saved is important, and, and yes, being in church is important, but what is more important is discipleship and making sure that you're living the life that God's called you to live. And so what's happened for us over the past 17 years, I want to show you some photos. So this should be Fun and entertaining. Wait, don't start yet. I have one more sentence to say before the photos. <laughs> In my notes. I, no, I have to preface it with this. My husband has always been a visionary, dream guy, dream list, goal setting, uh, coach, like let's get after it, driven, come on, suck it up. Do you need a straw? Suck it up. You're complaining, do you need a straw? Here you go, suck it up. This type of guy that I married. So, in the first few years of us being married, this was hard for me. And I, I grew up in, a, in Texas, in a town of 7,000 people, and my parents said we were moving to California in high school, and I moved to Temecula, California from a town of 7,000, Joshua, Texas, and I arrived and I had complete culture shock. And it was filled with these people that are more like Matt Hubbard than myself. And I was in high school trying to make new friends and went to college in, in San Diego. But then we meet, we get married, and, I, and he's like, okay, the first thing we're going to do is write a dream list. Like write down the visions, write down the dreams. And I just literally started crying. I'm like, uh, say again? I don't know what you're asking me to do. I don't even know what I want for my life. Like... I'm glad I married you, but I'm glad, like, that could be it for the rest of my life, and I'm super happy with that, but there's more, (laughs) but wait, there's more, and so I, if you're sitting here today, and vision, and these things makes you uncomfortable, I want to let you know you're in the right place, 
You can only grow when you come outside your comfort zone. And so I have been stretched outside of my comfort zone for the past 17 years. Even standing on this stage <laughs> has been quite the stretch. And I want to share with you that journey. My husband really appreciate this. So you can start with that first photo. This is before we were married, before we met on an airplane, and we came back to San Diego from the trip that we were on. I told him that I was going to visit some girlfriends, but there may have also been some guys I was visiting. So we never ended up hanging out on that trip. But when we got back to San Diego, okay, I wasn't saved yet. This is the night he asked me to come to church with him. So he took me and my girlfriends out, and that sounds bad. It's not what you think. <laughs> he showed up. My girlfriends and I were out. He showed up got us all a drink, and then we hung out, and he invited me to church. And so that's our first unintentional date. Um, shortly thereafter, you could go to the next slide, I came to church. I came to church within the next two weeks. I got saved, and this is within the first month or so of being saved. Pastor Leanne's prophesying over me, probably things that made me want to cringe. Probably things like what I'm doing right now. Thanks, Pastor Leanne. Okay. And then after... <laughs> After that, um, after that, once we started getting serious, half the girls that were interested in Matt Hubbard left the church, and so I was the last person standing, and when we would get in arguments, we would fight about who would leave the church first, and we both agreed we neither, neither of us would leave the church, so we might as well get married. So that's what we decided to do. So we got <laughs> engaged, and now we run the marriage ministry. OMG! What the actual? <laughs> Our pre-marriage counselors told us that we couldn't get married um, because I didn't know what the word submit meant. <laughs> they called Pastor Jurgen and Leanne and said, we're not sure this couple here, this Matt and Michaela should not get married, Pastor Jurgen and Leanne. Pastor Jurgen and Leanne did override and we got married. Okay. So here's a picture from our engagement that was beautiful in Chicago in July 2006, overlooking the all of Chicago from a Zen garden. And I could preach on this night all night, but I won't because it was amazing. Um, and then next, you'll see some photos from our wedding in 2016. Pastor Jurgen married us. Pastor Jurgen and Leanne were there. And the daddies are on the front row. Pastor John and Becky are back there, our Balboa campus pastors, and lots of amazing people. Uh, and then after that, you'll see some photos. We flew over to Sydney with Pastor Jurgen and Land, and we went to Presence Conference, which is now similar to our Awaken Conference um, that we have now. But this is where you go get your mind exploded, and the Holy Spirit just totally moves, and it's amazing. Oh, well, I don't know what happened to your eyes. Sorry, babe. <laughs> so this is where this is where we started getting kind of the inkling and the calling for ministry on our life because we saw church differently than we had ever experienced before, uh, Presence Conference. And then after that, you'll see a picture of us with John and Becky Heinrichs, who are at Balboa Camp. Oh, wait, go back. That was funny. This is Dr. Matt and Pastor Jurgen matching in Australia. What dorks. Don't tell my pastor I called him a dork, but he looks like a dork. That's for you cutting me off today, Pastor Jurgen. Okay, next photo. 
This is the Heinrichs. We became, my husband invited them to church, our Balboa campus pastors. And at the time, we all we were was a bunch of people like you sitting in church under Pastor Jürgen and Leanne and getting our bells rung and our worlds rocked every single day. Just wanted to show you that because it's fun. Next is our, in our first home, we hosted Connect Group. So this is our first home that we bought together after being married. So this is our Connect Group. And then uh, Amy UC was in our Connect Group. And then this is our backyard. So I'm going to show you some photos of our current backyard to keep the keep the visual on that. But that was, we were so excited to move into this house. We remodeled the whole thing, made it exactly what we wanted it. It had a beautiful running path behind it. And we were so so happy. And so um, next, you'll see me serving at church on the high team. So I was on the high team. This is Pastor Stacy. My husband was on the parking team. So that was fun. Next, you'll see a picture of, let's see, this is our first miracle baby. So after being told by the doctors that we had 0% chance of having babies, uh, this is me at my baby shower. This is a boy baby shower because we thought we were having a boy. And then out came a beautiful little girl and we kept her name, Micah. So she's nine now. And then next photo, this is our second house. And this is the home where we brought Micah to, after she was three weeks old, we moved into this house. Three weeks old, three week old newborn, we moved into this house. But while I was huge and pregnant, my husband said, we need to go pray circles because he read the book Circle Maker and we have to go pray circles around this home. So we went there, we, I jumped the fence, big, big old pregnant, and we miraculously got this home that on paper we should not have gotten. Okay. Next, uh, let's see, next picture is my husband's office. So also at that same time, Micah was about a year old and he expanded his practice, expanded his office and we remodeled and gutted the whole thing. And I was in charge of doing all that. So that was fun. Um, but the hand of God obviously is on that place. And that is the current office that he still practices in. And then let's see, uh, Go to the next picture. This is miracle baby number two. I'm pregnant with Maverick here. Next picture, I think there's a picture of, two pictures of little Mavi, who is now seven. <clears throat> and then next picture is, I also, around that time, had been asked to oversee our kids' church, <clears throat> excuse me, and became our kids' church pastor. Yeah. About, let's see, would that be 10 years ago, I guess? Yes, wow, crazy. Um, and then shortly thereafter, we got prayed. We were service leaders at the 830 service at Balboa campus. And we got asked to oversee Bressy campus. And I, this, we're sitting at the dinner table with Pastor Jurgen and Leanne. And I said, no. And my husband said, yes, that would be amazing. And so we did it. <laughs> So we got released from Balboa campus and came to Bressy campus, which within about a year, within about a year, Bressy campus completely exploded. We couldn't fit any more people. Um, and then what pictures next? I've lost track of my timeline. Then also at the same time, I get pregnant with our third baby. Mind you, I'm supposed to not be able to get pregnant. And so we have our third miracle pregnancy with baby Merrick, and he's born. This is all while at Bressy campus. And then um, during that pregnancy, my husband um, pursued a lifelong dream of being a restaurant owner and open sourdough. 
And then um, shortly thereafter that, we closed on this beautiful building here in San Marcos. Come on. And then after that and coming to current time is about six months ago, we moved into the biggest miracle home of our life. And this is the backyard of that home. And it's glory to God. Hallelujah. After a six-month process, God's hand was on every single moment. How many documented miracles? 57, 23 documented miracles on getting this home. And then here's current day Easter. Easter with the Easter bunny. So... I wanted to do that and, and take you guys on a journey because I can tell you after being in our church for 15 years, I came into our church not knowing God, lost and lost in my life, not having a relationship with God, but knowing that there was more for my life. And I got saved on the first Sunday that I came in, committed my life to Jesus and never turned back. And I'm living in, in the scripture that says, Proverbs 15, 24, the way of life winds upward for the wise. And I think it's no coincidence that Solomon, the wisest and richest man in the Bible, wrote that. The way of life winds upward for the wise. And what I can tell you tonight is I'm not showing you pictures of myself to glorify the things that my husband and I have done. We have been faithful and obedient servants in the kingdom of God. And we have pursued the things of God, and the hand of God has been upon us. And I, get, I show you these pictures in this journey to document what God has done, and give God the honor, and give God the glory for it. So tonight you saw pictures of my story, but I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about the visions and the things that God has for you. And I can tell you year after year, all the things in the pictures that you just saw are things that I cried over, that I cried out to God. I literally cried actual tears over. I prayed prayers of fervency, prayers that got annoying to hear my own voice say over and over, crying on the way to doctor's appointments for getting pregnant, crying over the fact that my husband wanted to move into a bigger house when my baby was three, three weeks old, crying over, over not knowing what my call in ministry was, but desiring it so much. And I bring you these things because I know we can all find ourselves landing because God never wants us to settle. If you're in a place where you are desiring something, you know there's something on your life, you know there's a calling, you know that there, there's a God anointing on your life, which there is, we want to help develop that, pull the gifts out, and disciple that in you. And if you're in that place, that's exactly where God wants you. Because there's no way that I can look at my most recent picture of Easter and say, well, that's it. <laughs> There's always more in the kingdom of God. There's always more. And I can tell you all along the way of that journey, there were seeds planted. There were seeds watered. There was another seed planted and another seed watered. And during Vision Builders, we present the opportunity for you to sow seeds, for you to sow a seed. Obviously, we do this every, every Sunday, but the intentionality around Vision Builders is about you, your vision, your dreams, obviously taking territory for the kingdom, but in your life as well. 
Matthew 6, 21 says, for, your, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And if you can get your heart tied to the vision in the house of God in the kingdom, you will see your life expand and overflow with the hand of God. And it will be like, oh my goodness. When I was looking through those photos, I cried because I could not believe what God has done. I could not believe that growing up the way I grew up, raised in the, in the environment, in the household that I was raised in, um, being, being a product of a divorced family, being a product of an alcoholic father, that God would actually bring these things to me and the blessing in his hand upon me to do these things. It's unbelievable, but it's God. And I'm telling you, That when you attach your life to the kingdom of God, you can break those curses that, that are over your life. You can break the curse of addiction. You can break the curse of depression. You can break the curse of anxiety. You can break the curse of poverty. You can break these curses through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the power of the God that we serve. And I'm telling you because I've experienced it in my own life and the pictures are living proof. Vision Builders is a tool to access your breakthrough, and it's a vehicle to get you to your God dreams. See, if you want to get from point A to point B, and you want the hand of God on it, get in the car of Vision Builders and drive there. It's a vehicle and a tool to get you to your God dreams. So the title of this message tonight is Keys to Living with the God Factor. Keys to Living with the God Factor. The definition of vision is the ability, according to Google, the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. How wonderful is that? God wants all of us to have a vision. If we can sit down and we can think and plan our future with imagination or wisdom, that sounds just like God to me. From Google, it sounds just like God to me. God's desire is for you to have a vision and commit to your life to him. Commit your life to him. When you attach your vision to the house of God, your house expands, your house grows, your house becomes healthy. And it's not about things, trust me. What when you when you start to have fruit in your life is because there's health. When there's health, when there's fruit in your finances is because it's healthy. When you're blessed with with supernatural homes and and things that are nice and great, it's because there's health. And when there's health, it becomes not about the thing. It becomes about how the thing can help bless the kingdom of God. How can the homes that we have been blessed with bless the kingdom of God? How can we use the homes that God has given us to bless the people in the kingdom of God? It's good to have a vision, but vision doesn't come to pass without sowing. In every photo you see, you're, liter- you're seeing the, the breakthrough moment, you're not seeing the seed. You're seeing the breakthrough moment, but you don't see the seed. And I'm telling you, every year we've sown. Every year we've sown. And I want to tell you five types of seeds tonight, quickly, as we move along. Five, five seeds that, that we can sow, and five seeds that I've identified that we have sown throughout the years of being in this church to get to this point. The first one is faith. Mark 4.26 says this. I'm reading from the message because I like it. The other ones will all be, you know, more mature versions, but this is the message. 
Mark 4, 26 to 29. Then Jesus said, God's kingdom is like seen seed thrown on a field by a man who then goes to bed and forgets about it. The seed sprouts and grows. He has no idea how it happens. The earth does it all without his help. First, a green stem of grass, then a bud, then the ripened grain. When the grain is fully formed, he reaps harvest time. That's what faith is. When you sow a seed and then all of a sudden you're looking back and you're like, oh my gosh, this miracle happened. Oh my gosh, I don't know which seed it was because I sowed so many seeds. I forgot and God just did the work. God did the work. You sow the seed and you go to bed and you forget about it. And God does the rest. When we sow seeds of faith, we go out on a limb and we trust God. And so then things happen while we sleep and God moves. And you don't actually have to be sleeping. Like, don't get lazy on me. But you know what I mean. Like you don't have to be sowing a seed and sitting there staring at it until something happens. That's called anxiety. And we're going to bust that demon off. (laughs) I heard a story once of a man who fell off the side of a cliff. And as he sailed through the air, somehow managed to grasp a protruding branch. He looked up and there was no way to climb the hundred or so feet back. He looked down a thousand feet and could see no way there either. He thought, I guess this is a good time to talk to God. He called, is anyone up there? A voice return, yes. That was God's voice. I'm not an actress, by the way. Are you God? The man asked. The voice replied, yes. Can you help me? The man asked. Yes, came the reply. Well, what happens now? The desperate man queried. Firstly, do you trust me? God asked. Yes, sure, said the man. God answered, let go of the branch. The man looked up into the heavens and shouted, anyone else up there? We just have to trust God. When he says what to do, trust God. Sow the seed and trust God. That is faith. When the world, when the world says something is impossible, God says it's possible. God says, trust me, and it's possible. So many moments in those pictures and in the seed moments that you saw were, were moments of trusting God, moments of stretching our faith, moments of God saying, wow, I know that you're about to buy a home and you like on paper, probably shouldn't touch any money because you need to prove to the bank that you can actually buy the house. Well, I want you to sow that money. That is trust. And when there was any opportunity for me to sow while my husband was stretching his faith in the the purchase of our most recent home, I was over here sewing. And I didn't tell him because I'm sneaky, (laughs) but I sewed. So we must sow when we sow, we sow with faith. The second seed that we sow is obedience. Do we like that word? No, but it's so helpful. It's so helpful. I like that word. I'm actually a rule follower. That's why we go to marriage getaway, because my husband's not a rule follower, and I am, and then we meet somewhere in the middle. Deuteronomy 5.33 says this in IV. Walk in obedience to all that the Lord has the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. Your prosperity is linked to your obedience. Has there been something God has asked you to do or you've prayed and pressed into and at one time God asked you to do, but for whatever reason you didn't? And these are, the, these are the things that I want, our ministry team is going to come up at the end of this and pray with you. 
and pray over the seeds and pray over the visions and the dreams that God's given you and pray over something where you saw something for your life, but you didn't act on it when God said to. We want to reignite those things. We want to undig those seeds and replant them in healthy soil. If God asks you to do something and you put it off, that's disobedience. The hand of God rests on those who are obedient. Obedient. And I'm telling you, during Vision Builders, almost every year, we get down to the wire. And this is fully transparent. We get down to the wire and we're like, oh, shoot, we have a chunk still to fulfill. Like, how are we going to do this? But it's because we know that we are to be obedient to what God told us the previous year. Because God wouldn't have told us something that he didn't mean and that he didn't know that we could actually do. And so every single time at the end, we're like, oh, ouch, fulfill that Vision Builders. And so obedience. Obedience is a seed that we have sown for 17 years and reaping the harvest today. The third seed to sow is patience. These are naughty seeds. Are you sure this is biblical, people? <laughs> Let's, okay, skip. No. This one's really good. This is one because I wanted all the things to happen in like a year. <laughs> like, I wanted all the things to happen like that on my timing. And I'm telling you, looking back, if some of those things had happened within the time frame that I wanted, I would have destroyed it. If God would have given me what I wanted in my timing, it wouldn't be happening today. And you may, you may be here not like me. You have all these visions and goals and dreams. And you're sitting there going, okay, God, I've been waiting. I want to tell you that your season of waiting can be the most powerful seasons of your life. Did you know part of the de definition of the word wait is to expect? And so if you're in a season of waiting, if it's for a relationship, if it's for a financial situation, if it's for a home, it's for even a family member to get saved, if you're waiting and pressing and praying, don't take that season for granted. Use that season to actually uh, stretch your faith. Use that season to actually press into God and pray into those things and strengthen your faith. The Bible says in Galatians 6, 9, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Yes. Patience will help you to not give up. If you can strengthen that muscle of patience, sow the seed of patience, you will not give up. I want to share an example from the Bible. Uh, so there, there was... Um, Abraham and Sarah, who so desperately wanted to have a baby. So Abraham said, it's okay, it's okay. Um, I'll just go over here and sleep with the maidservant, and so we can have a baby, Sarah. Like, bad, bad. The, the Bible, I mean, if you read the Bible, it's like astonishing some of the things that happened. This is one of them. So, so Sarah is like so desperate. She's like, Abraham, just go get pregnant with the maidservant, Hagar. Just go get pregnant with her. Then we'll have a baby. And it was a trap. Yes, it was. Because, because they got pregnant and had this baby, and his name was Ishmael. And do you know what Ishmael means? If you're, this is PG-13. The, the definition, I want to read it the right way. Where did it go? Dang it, did I not move it over? Well, I'm not going to say the, the actual word, but it's the A word. Three letters. 
that's what Ishmael means. And he was, he was that. Because then, then because they didn't hold on to the promises of God, because Sarah and Abraham were meant to have a baby. The promise of God was that Sarah and Abraham would have a baby, but they, they couldn't wait. Sarah couldn't wait. So they, they took the matter into their own hands, weren't patient with the promise of God, took the matter into their own hands, had Ishmael. <sighs> Actually, oh, I remember, it's wild. <clears throat> oh, and the other word I just found it in my notes is outcast. So this is Ishmael. Later on, later on, God changes her name to Sarah from Sarai. And they have the promise, they have a child through the promise of God who is called Isaac, who means laughter. And you see, even all these years later, it still affects us today because actually the Ishmaels were descendants of the Arabs and Isaac was, uh, are descendants of the Jews. Descendants of the Jews were from Isaac and descendants from the Arabs are, are from Ishmael. And we see to this day Christian, Christian nation in war with Muslim nation, all from something that happened out of not being patient to wait for the promises of God from one person's decision 4,000 years ago. Sow seeds of patience. Be patient. Let God do the work. Don't take matters into your own hands. Let the promises of God work themselves out as you're obedient and you have faith in your life. Fourth seed, counting down, surrender. Surrender. Matthew 6, 24 says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And the reason why the Bible says this is because money is actually supposed to be meant to serve you as you serve God. So because it can't be here or here, it has to be this way. And when we get into moments where our money tells us what we can and can't do, those are moments to surrender to God. When we are presented with opportunities to sow into the kingdom, but we let our finances say you can't, then that's actually serving, God, serving money over serving God. Money is meant to serve us as we serve God and not the other way around. Amen. And this seed number five, generous. And this one's easy. This is a good one. We're meant to be generous as, as Christians. Deuteronomy 15, 10 says this, give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and everything you put your hand to. Be generous people. Proverbs 11, 24 through 25 says this, one person gives freely yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. And so as we are coming up to our Vision Builder Sunday, we, we wanted to bring testimonies, share, teach, inspire, give you vision for your life beyond what you may be seeing with your natural eyes. And I want to tell you, every time my husband and I were believing and still, we're still believing for things. Every time we're believing, we are praying, we are fasting, we are taking communion, and we are sowing. And I think sometimes we can look over the sowing part 
and say, oh, well, God doesn't need my money. You're right. He doesn't need your money, but he needs your heart. He does not need your money. He needs your heart. And so tonight, I want people to get visions refreshed. I want people to see things they've never seen for their life before. I want people to be set free from shame and guilt of things they've done in the past that holds them from their future. This church is for you because God is for you. We want your God dreams and God visions to come to pass, but we also want your heart to be healed and we want your heart to be surrendered to God. No breakthrough you heard about tonight didn't happen without, sow without sowing. Any types of these seeds. At one time or another, we would decipher which seed do we need to sow right now? And we sowed a seed. Psalm 24 says this, may he give you the desires of your heart and make all your plans succeed. Psalm 37, four says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. If I can have everyone stand to your feet, I'm gonna pray. I just wanna see in this place tonight, and we're gonna have ministry team come up here in a moment. And I just want you, if, if you know that God has, has put and pressed something on your heart for something for your life, I just want you to raise your hand because I wanna say a quick prayer over you. Come on, yes, thank you, Jesus. Oh, I love this church. I love our church. So much faith in here. So much faith. Just the sign that you can raise your hand and say, God, I know there's more, is a beautiful place to be. God, I thank you for every hand that's raised here, that you see your sons and daughters, that you see them and you know them, that you made them specifically and purposefully, that no person person's life goes wasted. And I feel that tonight, some of you here are like, wow, I wasted that time. And I wanna speak into that and say, no time is wasted in the kingdom of God. Every moment, all things work together for good for those that love the Lord and are called according to his purposes. And I thank you for a church that is called according to your purposes. I thank you, Lord, that as we build your house, that you build us. God, that as we take territory for the kingdom, that we take territory in our lives. I thank you, Lord, that right now you're speaking to people who have lost vision for their own life. I come against the enemy and I tell him that he must be silenced in the name of Jesus. I come against discouragement. I come against fear. And I see people here tonight that are gonna do things even though you're afraid. That you're gonna say yes to that thing even though everything in you wants to say no. I thank you, Lord, that you see the hands lifted here tonight and you are moving in this place. That you are healing hearts in this place. That you are healing bitterness. Lord, that you are healing um, you are bringing forgiveness into hearts where the bitterness and the anger has held people back from doing what God's called them to do. Lord, I thank you that you are building an army, that you are building an army for your kingdom right here in San Marcos. And I thank you, Lord, that the best days are ahead for those people that have raised their hands, Lord, as they tie their heart to the house of God, to you, Lord, to your kingdom, that we would see your hand upon their lives. Lord, and I see supernatural finances coming in. 
supernatural finances that are unexpected. And Lord, we don't take this lightly. We don't, we don't just flash around the scriptures like it's, a, like it's a genie in the bottle. We know, Lord, we are humbled by your goodness and your faithfulness. But I thank you, Lord, that you want to bless your people, that you want your people to prosper and that there are going to be supernatural opportunities that will bring supernatural finances into the people of Awakened Church. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.